as we walk into another year, hopefully not a long year, but as we walk through this season of, of COVID and kind of reflect on the year that felt like 12 years, but actually was just a year. Uh, there's a verse that, that's been huge to me in this season. Uh, it's a verse that I've kept coming back to over this last year. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, and it simply says this. Therefore, since we're surrounded, we're covered by such a great cloud of witnesses, we're in community, let us throw off everything that hinders us, and the sin that just keeps trapping us, and let us run with perseverance, that word perseverance, the race marked out for us. Make sure we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set out before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat down at the right hand, of the throne of God. We're actually going to spend a, a, some time in Hebrews this morning. We're going to look in at, at Brett's verse that comes from, from Hebrews. I love the whole section. Uh, Brett's going to give us one verse. We're going to talk about the whole section around Brett's verse. So I'm going to get the gang upstairs. Let's watch Brett describe his verse and then see what we have in store for us as individuals this morning. All right. Hey Renfrew, my name is Brett. Uh, I just wanted to share with you one of my favorite um, verses, one that I've been working on memorizing recently. Uh, it's Hebrews 3 verse 13. It says, encourage each other day after day, so long as it is still called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, the reason I really love this verse, and it's really stood out to me um, during this pandemic, is because we really, we need to be encouraging one another. We need to be spending time investing in one another, more now than ever, maybe. Um, when we don't get the opportunity to see each other regularly, we need to be reaching out with texts and emails and phone calls and FaceTime. We have the opportunity and ability to do all of this. And it's not just to say hi and to um, see a familiar face, but to encourage each other so we don't fall into the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is very attractive, especially when we have time alone. Uh, and it's easy to be sidetracked and drawn away from the church. Um, but it's, it's good that we remember um, that we need each other, that we were made for community. Um, and so, yeah, I just encourage you guys to, to, call, to call a friend, to reach out to one another. And, um, yeah, make sure that you're, you're loving on those around you um, and those that you love to have in your life. So, thanks. Thanks, Brett. A great verse for us, but more importantly, a great challenge for us as we're in this season of COVID. Trent and I have, have loved this series because we've had the opportunity to hear from our friends, but more importantly, we've had the opportunity to understand the context that is found around many of our favorite verses. There's always going to be verses that, that catch our attention in the Bible. And those verses become like our favorite verse. But as we look into the context around the verse, we see a different richness of what God is trying to communicate to us. Now I want to remind you that any time that you look in at Scripture, it always tells us something about God, and it tells us something about us. 
So as we walk today, I want you to, to keep wrestling through those two things. What's it telling me about God and what's it telling me about myself? So let's look at that whole section around Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, it's going to be on the screen. So we're going to start at verse 7. So it says this. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. It's interesting that we're going to suddenly jump into encouragement. Keeps going, verse 8. During the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors were tested and tried me, Though for 40 years they saw what I I did. That is why I'm angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared on an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hindered or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold to the original conviction firmly to that end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden Do not harden your heart. Let's pray. God, in the next few minutes, may you bring a calm into our hearts. May we have the ability to hear from you. We want to hear your word, so put me very far in the background. Allow my friends to hear the words that you have in store for them. May I hear those words. Lord, we love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. I'm sure that that each one of us has this dream that never becomes a reality. We have this dream that if everything goes according to plan, we'll actually get some rest. But then the reality of this world hits us, and we have so much to do that it seems like rest never, ever really comes. Even in the midst of a pandemic, it's not easy to find rest. We work long hours, we have much to do when we get home from work or we move from the home office into the living room. We might even struggle to find time because we're raising kids. Many of us have late nights. It's not like COVID has slowed down the pace for us. So despite all that we do, we we struggle to find rest. Rest is hard to find. It's elusive. It's something we all wish we could discover, but just doesn't come to us. We talk about needing rest almost every other day. God promises us rest. He said this, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. But despite that great promise, most of us struggle to to find rest. There's many of us who are really weary. The Israelites, and so verse 7, this is the tie-in, the Israelites didn't find God's rest. And I started to wonder, okay, why didn't they find God's rest? Twice in Hebrews chapter 3, we see the author telling us that they could never enter. They could never come into God's rest. 
Well, what may have prevented them from actually finding God's rest? It might be the same thing that's keeping us from finding God's rest. So we're going to learn that today. You will fail to find rest if you stop looking at Christ. You will, you will fail to find rest if you suddenly just don't give your problems or struggles to God. So we're going to walk through, I think, four things. They're simple things. The very first one is this. We'll fail to rest if we don't ever hand over our things to God. If you want to go back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8, the author said this, Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. Now, that time of testing for the Israelites occurred when they, the 12 spies returned from searching out the promised land. The 10 came back and said, this is completely the worst idea ever. They gave a negative report. And they persuaded all those people not to enter the promised land because they saw giants and they saw fortified cities. The Israelites couldn't hand over their enemies to God. The Israelites couldn't hand over the strength that the enemies had possessed to God. And as a result, they never rested. They were immobilized. So it got me thinking, I wonder what is hanging over me that I haven't given to God and I certainly haven't found rest. Really, the, the bottom line is it's a trust issue. I don't trust God enough to give my burdens to God. The Israelites could not trust God to deal with their enemies or what they saw with their eyes. And they just couldn't do it, so they couldn't rest. You know, I've learned in my life there's all kinds of things that I can't control. I can't control my health. I can't control my financial future. I can't even control the church that I pastor and attend. So can I trust God to handle those things? If I can, I start walking toward rest. If I can't, then I believe God's rest just passes me by and I've missed it. The end result to not trusting God is simply I become very tired. All right, that's a good first step. What's the second step for us? We'll fail to rest if we don't look for the ways that God is working in our lives today. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 9 said this, Where your fathers tested and tried, and for 40, days they, 40 years sorry, they saw what I did. How often did the Israelites see that God was, was working in their life? The answer is every day. By day, he was that, that, that cloud in the distance that led them. By night, he was the fire that protected them. In the morning, he was the one that sent manna from heaven to feed them. And in the evening, he was the one who sent quail from the coast to give them meat for the day. Every day, God's presence was seen in their life. If God was working in the, Israelites every, in the lives of the Israelites every day, how often do you think God is working in our life? I believe every day, just like God was working in the Israelites. God loved the Israelites. God loves his church even more. And you and I are his church. 
So if I know that concept that God is working in my life every day by faith, even when I can't see what he's doing, and therefore I should be able to trust him. I should be familiar enough with God, of what God's doing in my life, that I can see him, that I trust him when something comes my way that I can't deal with. But if I don't see God working in my life, how can I trust him when something comes upon me that I can't deal with, that I can't solve? I can't. Only those who see God working in their lives are comfortable enough, rest enough to give God their burdens. And God's gift to us when we give him our burdens is rest. If I can't see God working in my life, then I believe his rest which is ultimately his peace, passes me by, and I miss it. Well, let's keep walking through those verses until we get to, to Brett's verse. The, the third thing, we fail to rest if we don't follow God's rhythm for our lives. Verse 10 said this, that's why I'm angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. It almost sounds like the dad. They always are doing this. They have not known the best way. Well, where are you going to find God's blueprint for your life? The answer we all know is his word. The writer of Hebrews says this, that the Israelites didn't know his ways. They didn't know God's word despite Moses telling them all along that God wanted this to be shared with his people. Moses Worked hard to teach people God's ways, But we know the people didn't always know God's way. You know, you can spend time at home reading your Bible, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily know God's way. Think of the last time that you read an instruction manual. I know that might be a long time ago for some of you, but maybe it was from Ikea. And as you built the Ikea thing, how many parts did you have left over? You read the manual, but you still had a handful of nuts and bolts and those wood dowlings left over. So how do I know if I'm following God's blueprint for my life? If you're lost, if you're wandering, if you're feeling like you're always in a fog, or that life seems to be unsettled, then I believe you are struggling to know God's ways for your life. If your heart has found what it's looking for and you are at rest, then you know God's way. The truth is that you can't be at rest without knowing God's ways because his ways is what brings you rest. True rest is not just a good night's sleep. It's tied to peace in the midst of the storm. Here's the fourth one, and it's Brett's verse. We will fail to rest if we allow sin to silence the voice of God. Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When the Bible talks about encouraging one another, it means to simply come alongside, to teach, to comfort, to strengthen, to spur on. God encourages us. He gave us the Holy Spirit, and he does all those things. He teaches us. He comforts us. 
He strengthens us. He spurs us on. Let me read you something from John chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. But the Counselor, that's the Encourager, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. That's the teaching part. And he will remind you of all things. That's the strengthening part. And verse 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. Rest I leave with you. My rest I give you. There's the comfort piece. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. That's that spurring on part. Or this in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another. And even more so as we see the day approaching. Now, our community here at Renfrew Baptist Church needs to be an encouraging place for young and old, mature in Christ, and those who are growing up in Christ. The question we need to ask ourselves is, how are you personally encouraging someone? How are you encouraging the leadership here at Renfrew? How are you encouraging those that are called into ministry? How are you encouraging others? You see, if you don't participate in encouraging one another on, then you need to find out, well, why am I not doing this? Why am I not participating in encouraging one another? Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 1, and it'll come up on the screen. Verse 3, praise be to the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort that we received from Christ. You see, you only can give what you possess. Only those who have received encouragement from God can pass on the encouragement of God to others. So I needed to ask myself this question this week. Have I experienced the encouragement of God in my life? Were there times that I was low and God actually brought me through it? Have there been times where I've lost my way? I know there has been because God was there nudging me back on the right path. Has there been times where I've wanted to give up hope? But that small, still, little voice said, don't, Matt. Then I got the encouragement of God, and he says that when you get together, make sure that you actually pass it on. That's what Jesus said in Scripture. I comforted you so that you can comfort others. Friends, that's evangelism. You can only encourage if you're not in the grips of sin. If you're entrapped in sin, then guess what doesn't come out of your mouth? Encouragement. Well, let me take you back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve have just eaten the forbidden fruit. Now they're standing in the presence of God. I don't hear Adam encourage his wife by saying, God told me not to eat of that tree. What does Adam say? I knew better. Eve, it's, it's your fault. Adam's focus became inward. You see, when we don't encourage, the opposite is 
protection. I need to protect myself. Adam declares to God that, that it was her. He threw her under the bus. Eve did not say to Adam, I'm sorry, it was my fault. I know you would have not eaten the tree if I didn't tempt you. Instead, Eve says, man, i got to protect myself, and she blames someone else. Did you see any encouragement in that scenario? No. Because sin was actively at work in Adam and Eve. What sin does is causes us to draw inward. We always protect ourselves when we're in sin. The only encourager in that story is the Lord. The Lord says, I'm going to come up with a plan to make it all right. God moved in the midst of great loss in the Garden of Eden and began the work of restoring the world back to himself. The perfect one. God healing the imperfect ones, us. Sending us a savior that we didn't think we needed. So I've got to ask myself this simple question. If I don't offer encouragement to someone else, is it because sin has got a hold of me? And I'm looking inward instead of outward? You see, people who are under the burden of sin or are trapped in sin do not look outwardly. Instead, they look inwardly. If you don't participate in encouraging one another, it might be because sin has just entered into your life a little bit. I'm here to tell you that the deceitfulness of sin is sometimes way louder than the voice of God. And if you tune into it often, then you do not hear what God is telling you. You have to make an effort to hear what God is telling you. You have to tune out the sin and tune into God. We know this. Sin offers us everything and it delivers on nothing. It tells us that it'll provide us with peace, but that peace never comes. We're tired. We feel like giving up. If you want to find peace, then you better start listening to God and not to sin. I believe in this little section here in Hebrews 3 that the, the writer of Hebrews has told us that the rest that we're looking for is built around allowing Jesus to direct and redirect our lives as he sees fit. If Jesus is not that important in your life today, then I guarantee, friends, you will never find the rest that you're looking for. Only you know what place Jesus has in your life. So... Do you want rest? Then look to Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. Thanks for the reminder from, from Hebrews chapter 3, Brett's verse, just simply about encouraging one another. That you are that God that is the provider. You're the one that pushes. You're the counselor. You're the one that spurs us on. Lord, may this afternoon we take time to actually evaluate our life. To see why we encourage some people and maybe we don't encourage others. Or how we always work to protect ourselves. May you confront us with those sins. May you illuminate where we're just a little bit off the path. 
May this be a place of great encouragement to you and to our people that attend. May our neighbors outside these church walls sense that this is a place where you're encouraged, not where you're, you're beaten down. May we be completely different than the world. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. God, as we go into this week, may we carry the message of peace and rest that only comes from you. May we be lighthouses to our friends and neighbors and family who have lost a ton of hope. And Lord, may you gather us together to proclaim that you are a God who is alive and active. We love you and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.